divorce from the kid's perspective. We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. All right, before we get into that, let's read a a review. We've been getting some awesome reviews lately, some really good ones, and here's, here's another one. So this is from Roadmap for the Hardest. And it says, I learned a month ago that my husband of 11 years has been dealing with an addiction for our entire marriage. I'm devastated and in my grief, I've been struggling to find a roadmap for how to put one foot in front of the other. This podcast and related website have been truly life-saving, a much needed light in the darkness of this mess. I have felt like I'm drowning, but this resource has helped me find some type of footing. I'm so thankful for, for all of you. Thank you for your honesty, empathy, and insight. I have no idea what the future holds for my marriage, but I'm determined to learn from this heartbreak, even if it's just for me. So that's awesome. Um, that's why we do this. So we're, we're glad that it gives you some sense of peace and direction right now. And sorry that you're going through what you're going through. All right. Um, we've had a lot of really interesting um, guests on lately, but today we might have the coolest, most interesting guests we've ever had on before. So um, we have, we have L. Carter, Addie, and Amy. So let me explain who they are. So Amy, you guys are familiar with because Ashton and Kobe talk about Amy all the time. Amy is, is their famous therapist who's amazing and my good friend. Um, and Amy has her own personal story of betrayal trauma. And um, she has brought three of her children in today to talk about what it was like for them to go through divorce, to deal with betrayal trauma in their family, and what worked, what didn't work. And I'm just really grateful to Amy for being willing to be vulnerable, um, to share this with everybody, because it's going to help a lot of people. And um, let's just dive right in, okay? So let's back up a little bit, you guys, and I want you to just tell me Tell me your story from your perspective. So, Carter, do you want to start? Just kind of how, how it was for you and mm-hmm. what it was like, how old you were when everything kind of went down? Yeah. So, um, I was, I think I was tw- uh, 13 when it okay. first happened. And I mean, the story for me, like growing up as the oldest um, child in the family, I think, um, I don't remember exactly why, but I kid you not, like, my parents getting divorced was my like greatest fear. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, like the house setting on fire. It wasn't like something, you know, like kind of like typical, you think like that, but just like my parents separating and like kind of like that sort of event happening to my family. So like, it's the last thing on earth that you want. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so 
you can imagine, you know, like kind of, I feel like there were some like, what would, what do you call them? Like signs kind of like, you know, like incoming signs, like you could flick the vibe a little bit. Like I could kind of tell. And I remember just thinking, you know, sometimes like, Oh my gosh, like, please no. Carter, I want to ask you. So what were you picking up on? Was it, was it like, were they fighting a lot or was it just kind of cold um, uh, the energy in the house? You were just kind of picking think, up on. Yeah. I think it was just like arguments, honestly, uh-huh. uh, just like arguments. I just remember like anytime I would hear uh, just like my parents, like arguing or anything like that first thought, like kind of came into my head. I was like, Oh shoot. Like, please no. Obviously it was like a little more dire than that, but you can imagine like how I felt when, um, you know, like they sat us down and they, they told us, you know, that they were going to be splitting up. It was like, my gosh, like, I just remember feeling like it was kind of like the end of, you know, my little world as a, you know, 13 year old Mm -hmm. kid, like just getting out of elementary school. Um, Your world was crashing down. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, you know, like I loved both of my parents and like, all I really wanted was just to, you know, have a, like a, just like, not, I don't want to say normal family. Cause I mean, like what really is normal, but like, just like a family where like the parents were together and everything. And so like at that time, obviously like when they broke the news to us, it was pretty devastating, honestly. So Carter, you're how old now? I'm turning 22 in you're about turning a month. 22. So, so this is about nine years ago yeah. when they sat you down, you're 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's how many kids in your family? Six, six kids. So um, and you're the oldest. Yeah. Did, did you in any way take it on yourself? Did you feel like, Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, uh, I feel like, I don't know why, like I assumed responsibility and I took blame. Like it's my fault that they're getting divorced. I, I honestly, now that it's been like, you know, almost a whole decade later, I have no idea why I thought that, but that was like my first thing. Like, Oh man, like maybe like I wasn't good enough or like I did something, you know, to cause this and I could have done something more. Right. I mean, the things you're talking about, I think are the, the last thing that the parents want their kids to feel, Mm -hmm. um, one crushed that that Mm -hmm. about it, you know, and then two, this is somehow my fault. And, but, but there's really not much, um, a parent can do for you not to feel that. Right. Right. So, um, Okay. I want to ask you, L, from, from your vantage point, um, just kind of share your story and what it was like for you. Okay. Um, First off, you're how old now? I'm 17. 17. So yeah. you were... Yeah. <laughs> almost 18. Nice. So, so how old were you when, when they got divorced? How, um, was I eight? Nine? So yeah. nine. So pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell me, what was it like? for you um you know what I feel like it wasn't as different like the switch from my dad leaving our house it wasn't as different as when he was home because Mm -hmm. he was never really you know like there but I think it was the thought of oh like I'm a little girl I have to see all these girls go to like church activities with their dads like that was probably the hardest thing for me it still is hard right um yeah, so that's what it, it was like. Was it kind of like your your family's going to be the different one or like the broken yeah, one? Yeah, or, I remember yeah. like being on the playground and saying that to someone like, well, at least your parents aren't getting divorced, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, dads and donuts, that, <laughs> that sucked. That was a core memory for sure. What, what's um, da- what was that? What's dads and donuts? It was where like your dad would come and read stories to you while like eating treats with you and uh-huh. mine just 
never showed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was really difficult. It still is like being in high school, not having a father like there for me, mm-hmm. but, um, oh, like, I don't want to get emotional, but I'm just, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just, it was, it was great though. Like I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't change anything about it, but like, it still hurts. Yeah. I mean, you're 17 and, and wishing that it could have been different. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for you, Elle, did you take it on yourself like Carter did or? No. No. No, I didn't. I think um, I remember when my parents told us, I more so like saw it as just like a family switch. Like I didn't see it as a personal issue. I never have, which is such a blessing. Yeah. I feel like a lot of kids struggle with that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Just, it was a good thing though, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you think it, did it help you guys as siblings kind of get tighter? Oh, and yeah. Oh, for sure. Really? We, we like, this is going to sound a bit dysfunctional, but um, we would all just sleep together. Like every night, like I could not sleep alone. We were all with my mom. We would listen to church music. Like we would have family shows that we'd watch every night. It brought us really close. Really close. Yeah. And tight and kind of get through the pain together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Al, for sharing. So Addie, you are now 14 years old. Yes, I'm 14. So you were really young. Um, so share with us your experience through it. Um, so I think I could, I think I already knew that it was like going to happen because things were kind of rough, but I just remember they told us and I don't, I don't know. I think I was more worried about my siblings than myself, actually. Interesting. So how old were you? Six. So you were, you were really young and you were, you were kind of seeing the pain that your siblings were, were feeling and you were, you were kind of scared for them. Mm-hmm. interesting um okay so it did happen what was the adjustment like um I just remember it wasn't it wasn't too bad the adjustment he was just gone but we were all together like all of us were together but he was just gone so so your dad just kind of went away things changed and then you were just all together yes nice um okay I, I want to shift Amy is there anything you wanted to add Oh, it's just what it's like to hear their individual pain. I'm so, I'm so proud of them, but it, it's just hurtful to hear that. That's what, as a parent, you, you fight so hard to keep your family together because you know that it's so painful. Um, I just want to maybe add by sleep together. We like (laughs) camped out, like everybody (laughs) has their own spaces. But really we had, it was, it was a time that um, we had a really, really big house and nobody really wanted to go up to their individual rooms. And so everybody kind of just like camped out on like by the TV and we would watch Phineas and Ferb and we were, we were, we were really close. So I want to clarify. No, but I'm, together. I'm glad Elle said that though. Cause it what, what I'm out. hearing is yeah. Banding together we did. through it. We yeah. Did. Um, okay. All right, you guys, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you. Um, let's start with what, let's start with what didn't work. So what were some things, even maybe that your mom did or that your dad did that, that just kind of sent you into a tailspin or made you more confused or just was not very helpful through the process? Can I say something? Go ahead. Okay. Um, I remember he was coming home from New York cause he had just moved there 
And I think my mom just wanted to make it feel as, you know, just like comfortable as possible for everyone. And so she let him come into our home and like we would hang out in the basement and he'd like try and do activities with us. And I think um, after already mentally and physically making the switch from, okay, dad's not living with us anymore. That was a little bit confusing having him come back into the home. Kind of confusing. He's in New York. And the next thing you know, he's like dad in the house again. Yeah, for sure. And like, he was trying to be interactive, which great on his part, but it just felt weird having him be in our space as a family when he had already moved. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any bit of like, uh, like I want this to just go back to normal or was it kind of yucky feeling no. like, Ugh, like, well, for me personally, I think I took the divorce a lot differently than my siblings. I was just like, I, and I would tell them, like, I would tell him this. I was like, this is our space. You need to go back to your really? space. <laughs> she was teaching you how yeah, to be like, boundary. He would, yeah. he, I think our mom just like, she just wanted it to be as comfortable as possible for everyone. So he tried to like, just come in, come out. And for me personally, I was like, no, like we already talked about this. We made the switch. We need to keep it that way. I think you make a really important point here, Elle, which is, you know, when divorce happens, um, it, it happened. And, and so like the relationship changes, yeah. um, it changes for the, the husband and wife, but the relationship also adjusts for the kids to the parent. Yeah. And, and to just pretend like it hasn't or kind of just like put a smiley face on like we want, want it that way. It's not helpful. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good job having boundaries, Elle. I love it. So I do, I do want to interject there. I have told the women over the years. I mean, part of in between, for me with betrayal trauma was a, an inability to hold boundaries. And then you live with an addict who's pushing boundaries. So literally I tell the women, my my nine-year-old daughter was the one saying, that's not okay. That doesn't no, work. Like she was the one teaching me how to hold a boundary. Right. That's awesome. So she's really, really strong. Yeah. Well, and I think also to realize once you get divorced, you still have to have boundaries, yeah. right? Um, and it's, it's good for the kids to still have boundaries. So. Yeah. Like, I feel like for me, like how, like, just like with all this talk, like I, like Elsa, she got affected differently by boundaries. Like, or like how she was like, you know, being like, no, this is weird. I think like for her and where she was feeling like, no, like this is weird. Like, you know, like this is weird with you here. I think him being in that space for me, which I know like my mom was just trying to, you know, like give us anything, you know, we could to like make us happy just because it was a dark time. But having him like in our basement and just like being like hanging out with us and everything, like for me, and I remember I stuck with this for like years. Like it gave me like, false hope almost in a way i'm like oh maybe they'll get back together yeah. you know because like he's here in our house again so then like you know and obviously like you know I, that's kind of what i grabbed on to yeah. to give me like any sort of hope for the future i think that's that's so common for kids to just be like it's gonna happen again they're gonna get back together right because that's all be you want because that's that's what yeah you want. at least that's all i wanted you yeah. know yeah um okay uh what about for you addy anything that didn't work for you I just think the same thing that they said, like the whole basement thing. I, yeah, I just didn't like that. (laughs) And I think that once it happened, he just should have gave us our space to cope. Yeah. Yeah. How'd your mom and dad do with, uh, like, I don't know how much you guys knew as to the reason for the divorce. 
Um, and, and, you know, you're all such different ages. Maybe you all knew kind of different things. Um, how did they do with not putting you in the middle between the two of them? I think this is good for uh, me to say because <laughs> uh, no, 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 it's not. No, it's not like that. Um, they, when they told us the news, it was like, I don't want to bash on him, but now seeing it, it, it was not a dick, like a two-sided story. Like it was more so one person than the other, if you know what I'm mm -hmm. getting at. Mm -hmm. um, but when they told us, I remember going and comforting him because my mom didn't put the blame on anyone. She, it was just like a collective, like, hey, we're just splitting because that's what best for us. She didn't put anything on us. And that on a child is just a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. But um, the good thing that she did, and I, I, whenever I talk to people about divorce, I always advise them to do this, is I felt comfortable asking her anything. And I still do. Oh, but Amy, that is so hard. It's like, I don't want to bash him. Mm -hmm. I've been through all this betrayal trauma but I also want my kids to be able to ask me anything, you know? And so it puts you in this really weird position, right? So I remember telling you guys, I will, you can ask me anything. I will always tell you the truth. Oh. Yeah. And I remember, you know, so we did the unified come together. We're still a family and you say the things it's nobody's fault. And you can, you say the appropriate things. But then, I mean, hearing you, but I still felt like mm -hmm. I did something wrong or I could have. So um, I would always tell the kids, you guys can ask me anything and I won't lie to you. And I remember he was in New York and my son, Cannon, us in the car and him saying, mom, did dad have an affair? Just straight up, mm -hmm. just boom, yeah. And I remember taking a breath and saying, do you really wanna know? Kind of like, like uh -huh. Santa Claus, you know? Uh -huh. And like, do you really want to know? And he said, I really want to know. Right. How, how old was Cannon at this time? So if you're 13, he's 11. He's 11. Wow. And um, I said, yes. And they have said it was helpful because they're putting pieces together. Yeah. Like they're like they're why, seeing, you know? like they're trying to figure out the why. So I did tell them, you can ask me anything you want and I will always tell you the truth. But there's, there's like a maturity level to this, right? So like, oh, yeah. I, I believe that healing, the way you heal is you face reality. Um, but at the same time, sometimes like, like an eight-year-old can't grasp reality, you know? Um, and, and, and Elle, I want to ask you, you know, you're, 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 I mean, Addie, I want to ask you. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Addie, you're 14, you know? And uh, you're a mature 14-year-old at that, right? Yeah. Um, but you obviously know a lot of the, a lot of the pieces to this puzzle. Yes. And for you to, to kind of um, digest that and, and know some of the things that have happened, um, is it weird for you? Is it good for you? Um, no, I don't think it's weird because when I was little, I remember we were – going to JCW's as like a father-daughter date and he was like talking to a woman on the phone and he said I love you and then he hung up and I saw that it wasn't my mom and so that's when I kind of knew that it was so you were mom. that young you're see this is what we always say is like kids know mm -hmm. that you guys knew things in your gut that that your mom and dad didn't have to say right mm -hmm. um and so and so when when Amy's being when your mom's being this open 
then at least you can get an answer, right? There's all this stuff going on. You're kind of confused and it's like, oh, okay, I got an answer. So I think that was really, really important. Um, yeah, and that's the thing is I, you would share your experiences along the way and just validating, yeah, you felt, you know, I don't know how many years later you told me about the experience at JCW's, but you're like something was wrong and you listened to it and then just validating truth because you guys are all experiencing your, you're trying to put the pieces together along the, along the way. Too. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, what, so I'm going to ask you guys, you guys are the pros here. Okay. You, you guys have more knowledge and wisdom than most adults uh, with this question. So what advice would you give to, to parents who are going through divorce and, and they have kids? I, um, I would say like even just like preparation. I know that that sounds like pretty, you know, like you, why wouldn't you, you know, prepare anything. But when I say preparation, um, like my mom, at least, I don't know about my dad, but you, I don't know if he even had an impact on it, but the night they like, let us know, like about they were getting divorced. Like we had like an immediate support system set up for us to handle it. That's awesome. And so like what I mean by that too is like, so we're at our house and our grandma's lived across the street our whole life. And so um, we just live in like this little cul-de-sac and like they sit us down. It's like nighttime. I still remember it. Um, they're sitting, you know, like on the fireplace mantle. We're sitting on the couch and they like let us know. And obviously like that's just break the news. We all cry for a little bit. Um, and then you know, like after we're, you know, we kind of accept it and everything. And, uh, we find out, you know, like a big deal to us back in the day was like, oh, we like having a sleepover with, you know, some of our cousins that are uh -huh. our age. And so yep. we find out like, you know, pretty much like my mom's whole side of the family, my dad's is in like Washington, but my mom's whole side of the family was like right over at my grandma's house, ready for us to come over and like comfort us and be there. So like, I literally like walk over all the cousins that I'm super close to and even like just my uncles and aunts are all there. Um, and then like, you know, they, they let us know that they're going to like have a sleepover with us. Just, you know, like something to help us feel better I and let us know that. that we've got people in our corner. So not just sit you down, kind of break your heart, tell you the bad yeah. news and then just abandon you. Like, but like kind of hand you off to all these people that love right. you. Like, that, Hey, yeah. this is like, uh, awesome. this sucks. Like this is the worst thing you know, for me, like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. But like, look at how many people you have here to support Still you. And like, you even and though you're going to feel like depressed and alone, like you're not like you have all these people here for you. I think you. that's so important. And, and it's awesome that your mom set that up. So mm -hmm. it's good stuff. All right. Uh, oh, okay, did, go ahead, Amy. Something. That was also, I mean, I remember because I was like, okay, how can we set this up? So we had like, tents in the backyard at grandma's and again taking something really tragic but it really bonded you to the cousins like the cousins oh, yeah. sat and cried with you and we're so sorry and we love you and it was this really um bonding experience yeah for you guys with your cousins and yeah. your aunts and uncles and like so and especially because because like i don't want to say like it instilled like any like sort of shame with us or anything but it felt super awkward like having us be like, you know, the family that, you know, our parents are getting the divorced, broken you know? Yeah. The yeah. broken family, because like, 
I mean, you know, now like I have no problem, you know, telling people, oh yeah, I know my parents are divorced. Whereas like back in the day, it was like such like a weird, like yeah. taboo thing. Like, oh shoot, you know, like I'm well, going to well, be looking at that. In your that, family, is it common? Like, uh, well, I mean, so now like years later, like, you know, like a few families have been <laughs> divorced as well. But at the time, like it was no, like, no. you know, like everyone had perfect families and right. we were like, oh shoot, like, you know, we're the oddballs. Right. And right, so, right. but like being able to make that connection with them and like having them there, like my mom said to like bond over the experience, like let them know that we're not the oddballs. Like they are like with us. They, they got still our backs. Love you. Yeah. They're not going away. They got our backs, yeah. you know? Yeah. And immediately you go, you go hang out with your cousins, you have tents, you're crying or whatever. You're starting to process that pain mm -hmm. and, and you got somewhere safe to process it Yeah, and to do it immediately. That that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. So, all right, L, um, if you could give advice to parents, I'm putting you on the spot, but what, what would you say to parents? Mm, um, you know what? That's kind of a hard one for me. I've kind of always struggled with that question. Um, I love the unified front. That was the number one thing that helped me. Another thing was, why am I getting emotional? Um, I loved that I had a support system, but also individually. So it wasn't all just as a collective. My uncle Brad, like I think my mom is really tied in with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he has always just been my father figure. Yeah. Like having someone that I could call to, like I still can, I could call him right now. Right. Like I think advice for parents would be to have someone closer to your kids, just like be there for them as long as they need. Mm -hmm. My cousin Brandon would just take a skiing. Like he would make it seem normal and like right. he would do the things a father would do. And right. he taught me like a lot of stuff. So I think that's good. I also have a lot of motherly figures having my mom go back to work. Mm -hmm. It's really hard on all of us. Like yeah. that was a really big adjustment because she was such a good mom and she still is. But like coming home and having mom there, that's a really big deal, yeah. especially when you're young. Mm -hmm. So I think having people there that just helped a lot, like right. individually, right. you know? I like, so, but what you're saying is like, it's not just a big family party. It's yeah. those one-on-one -on -one relationships. Yeah. I think too, you know, if dad goes off to, to New York, it's like you guys needed a good masculine figure in your life. For sure. And to have uncles or a cousin or, you know, I, I think that's really good advice to parents of, you know, ask for help and, and reach out to the really solid people who can bond with your kids when maybe one of the parents isn't doing that for them. I, I want to just like interject here. It was really hard for me to ask for what I needed. But what I can tell you when family would say, okay, Amy, how can we help? I would say it would really help me if you could go do something with them. So like you took you afraid, took them up on it don't be afraid to ask the people in your life for specifically what your children need because yes. you have that mama bear that has been fighting for them to keep this family and you have to have that mama bear in you if you see that there isn't somebody at dads and donuts you call your brother and yeah. you say hey there's dads and donuts can you and you ask people in your life to show up for your kids yep oh yep i love that and and i think sometimes it's hard to ask so Okay, Addy, um, if you could give advice to parents who are getting divorced, what would you say? Um, so we've already like, covered this, but I have, um, so my stepmom and my dad, when they got divorced, 
he just like straight up told me in the car without her and like that kind of sucked. And so I think that when they did it together, that helped a lot. And then, so like, he just dropped a bomb on you yeah, like, out of nowhere. We just were boom. talking. He just all of a sudden said, I was like, oh, okay. And you were close with your stepmom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. Still very close. And so all of a sudden he's just, he's just saying, hey, like, sorry, she's gone. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like, sorry, I'm leaving her. And I'm like, oh. Boom. Bomb. It's, that's trauma right there. Yeah. That um, was bad. That was not... It, it, you were you were almost traumatized even more because of the way he went about that, right? Yeah. Not not that it still would have been still would have been painful, right? Mm -hmm. But just driving in the car, boom, yeah. Um, can I say something? Mm -hmm. it, it it like ties into this, but I think this is a conversation me and Addie and my mom have had a lot. Um, when it comes to like the parental side of when they start moving on from their spouse that they had divorced. I think it's important to allow space for your children. I remember Addie just said to my dad, she's like, okay, you're leaving Brooke. Just give me some time before you introduce me to anyone new that yeah. you're putting into my life. Yeah. And he didn't. And that was really, really traumatic for her. That and is it, traumatic. It still is. Yep. It's, it's hard. And you know what? I love praising my mom. She did an amazing job at yeah. doing that. Yeah. And it made us feel safe. And I think a big thing with family and divorce is controlling the things you can yes. and accepting the things that you can't control. And that also ties back to when he came into our home after we had already set our boundaries and created a family space. I think it's just a big thing to just allow control and just acceptance. Yep. And I think allowing space is a huge thing for children. Is L 17 or she 35? <laughs> <laughs> I also want to say that for those of you that are in a, you know, approaching a second divorce, you know, realizing, yes, your, your, your first divorce with your biological children, you go about that, but a second divorce is just as important the way, yeah. like for those of you listening, the way you're navigating divorce with the children, you've brought people into their life, yes. those attachments are there. And just because it's a second or third or whatever marriage it is at this point, um, it's just, it's still, there, there are the ways, the, the right and wrong ways to go about it. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it comes back to a lot of things. Like, it, let's say you date, start dating somebody new and like on the second date, you're introducing them to your kids and like bringing them, like slow it down a little bit, realize that, you know, these wounds can come again. And so be cautious and, and really respect your, your children because um, abandonment is real. Yeah. And can I say something? I think tying into that, I think there becomes an attachment. Um, I remember my mom's first boyfriend, like a long time after her divorce, um, she did a great job at like introducing him to us, but I just got attached and that's just how it works. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately it didn't work out. And so I think being mindful of, okay, there's a hole in your kid's life where there's not a biological father. It's like different when you have father figures, right? Like it's still hard for me to accept that I don't have my real dad there for me. So I think with dating, it comes to like your kids probably will get attached. So I right. think choosing someone, not just temporarily, like choosing someone for the long haul is better that will be there for your children and just amen yep yeah. just, which is another episode right like dating and divorce and, absolutely um i want to say this we ask children what they want what they need we need to listen to them so when Addie tells her dad 
okay, I understand you're divorcing this woman. Please don't. Like when your kids use their voice and they say specifically, like, listen to what they say. Care. And, and, you know, it's not like he'd say like, okay, I'm not going to divorce her now, but you know what? Stop and listen to her pain. Listen to what she's going through. Care about her. And so that, that you can, you can like take a step back and really take your kids into account. Um, so, okay. Um, I'm going to move to the next question. Um, so Carter, Carter's the famous pianist, right? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, you can yeah, find them on oh YouTube, right? What do we look up on YouTube? Uh, I, really? Honestly, I don't know. Me, yeah, I just look up. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to find you. So, okay. um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and maybe it was the piano, but I, what was one of the most important things that just helped you? You talked about the support system, mm -hmm. right? Um, what other things really helped you get through the painful time and, and work through it? Um. It's a good question other than like the support system obviously like that's a big one um but i think just like being able to realize that life's not over and that there's still like especially like as a kid around that age you know like that your life is you're like you're not even started yet just, you know yeah, like just you, getting going literally like you don't have to feel like you know like your life is done for and that you know like you're you're gonna have a different life now you know like I think that something that my mom did and that I was able to do was obviously I was playing piano at the time um, and I had hobbies and I was like still able to like, you know, just go out there and like do normal things and like be able to advance and progress in what I liked doing. So like just being able to realize that, you know, like you still have a life, like nothing is, no, nothing life is, is different. Not ending. Yeah. Life's yeah. not ending like that. Like, you know, like you still have, you know, like your whole life ahead of you, like you, you know, like I didn't have to think that, that now that because that happened and there's nothing I could do about it, you know, that like, I just had to accept that I was different when right. it's like, okay, no, like you can still have a normal life. And I think that was a big thing for me was realizing that. I got to ask you, Amy. So he's playing the piano. I imagine at a, at a young age, right? How yeah. I started when I was like seven. So you get divorced and divorce is never really great on the finances. Um, so how do, how do you like, how do you support him to continue to live his life, to live his dreams, but also realize like, oh my gosh, like how are we going to do this? It's so stressful. Um, Carter really, really is. I mean, he's just kind of, he's kind of a prodigy. And, <laughs> I mean, you really, you really, you really are. I was all right. Um, so again, having to ask for help mm -hmm. working with his piano teacher who was very, very, very generous to us because um, he also, he was a really positive oh, yeah. in your life. Oh yeah. So a good mentor and like literal yeah. and being able to go to him. This is happening. Um, how, what can we do piano rate? What can we do? Can I help in some other way? Um, and it was really uncomfortable. It's not fun for anyone to ask for help. But when you're in that mama bear mode, you do whatever you can it, do. And one option was not to shut it down. It wasn't. Nope. It was for me. I wanted to keep everything as consistent. And I, you know, that even the next year you guys went on piano tour and this mm -hmm. is where Carter's Carter's dad was really great about that. Like, you know, um, 
helping helping them be able to continue doing the things that um, help them feel normal and not just quit everything all at once. Right. Yeah. So getting creative with solutions, you know, I rented out my basement, getting getting creative with solutions to try to keep things as normal as possible, not being afraid to ask family and friends for help and people in your church or when people ask you for what can we do to say something specific. And this was not good. This was not normal for me, Brandon. Really? This was, I was the one who was out of your comfort zone. A hundred percent. I hated that. Right. But when it comes to your kids um, doing whatever you can do to keep things as consistent in the ways that you can control. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think was huge, you know, yeah. at least for me, just cause I sh like, there's something you said earlier, like quitting everything. Like, and I touched on how like it made me feel like, you know, like kind of like life was crumbling down. So then like having to like, be like, sorry, like pull you out of pretty much everything. Right. Like then you're just like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, like this is, but then, you know, being able to stay in pretty much everything I was doing, yep. the only thing that was different was just not having my dad around anymore. Yep. You know, it took time to get, you know, to heal and to get over that. But as soon as I was like, you know, like it was, life, life was back to being good again. Yep. You know, one thing I think parents miss a lot of times is, is they think, well, you know, they're battling custody out and they're saying, well, I want, you know, half the time they're across the city here and half, but um, one of the most important things for kids through divorce is stabilization. So just like you're stable, you got a lot of the same things going on. You know, you're, you're, mm -hmm. you gotta, you got home, you know, where home is and, and um, you, you know, you go to the same school and there's consistency there. And that's kind of what I'm hearing happened. So mm -hmm. um, what about for you, Elle? What helped you work through it? Hmm. Does this have to be like a sport or like, what do you know? It can be anything. So what, what helped you process some of the emotion and, and just work through some of the pain? Um, it can be playing sports. It yeah. could be playing music or whatever. Um, I think something that my family did really well is just giving it time. I feel like people usually try to rush healing mm -hmm. because they're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm over feeling this. Mm -hmm. But, um, we just never, never rushed the healing process, which was really helpful. Excellent. So don't yeah. force it. Yes. Don't make it happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, this happened, what, nine, 10 years ago. And I just like probably three years ago, like finally just, you know, like forgave my dad. And right. like, that was really essential to healing. Um, but time is a big deal. And um, something good that we did is we were like, constantly either together or doing an activity we weren't alone i feel like especially when you're in you like weren't isolated in your yes pain. yeah like yeah. situationally like like situational depression like that's really hard to just be isolated from someone mm -hmm. and you don't and like that makes you feel alone so i think having volleyball great it was like awesome uh -huh. i could take all my frustration out on it that, that was great yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome and then just you know having just activities my mom would always make sure that we were skiing playing basketball swimming just doing something right fun. well yeah. I, and, and i want to point out whether it's the piano whether it's volleyball um when you're in grief and you're feeling a lot of emotion um i, I actually i'm weird i think emotion is like a real thing it's like an energy that goes inside of us oh for sure and so like when you, when you play the piano, that's energy and motion, that's music. And so you're flowing energy out of you. When you're like spiking the volleyball in somebody's face, it's, yeah, it's energy. It's like, boom, it's, it's like work this out, move yeah, it through awesome. you, right? Yeah. It's really good stuff. 
So, all right, Addy, for you, what has worked? What's helped you work through it? Um, I don't know. I'm just pretty sure it's just my family. Just my family always being there. Like my cousins always come to grandma's and every Sunday. And I think it's just my family. Just having that tight family bond, closeness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, let's see. How has your view of the divorce um, shifted from then, from when it happened until now? So Carter, mm -hmm. Carter, do you want to start? Yeah. I mean, so that's, this is like, I'm one of like the biggest advocates of like pretty much how it's shifted. Cause like I said earlier, like my view on it was, um, pretty much like the most negative, you know, down kind of views you can have on it. Whereas, you know, life is completely different. I feel like life is over, blah, 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 blah. Whereas now like being removed from it, I, I, you know, I take things a little differently than like, like my sister said, you know, just three years ago, like she was able to kind of like, you know, barely move on. I kind of like got over it. No, I don't want to say fast. It still took like two or three years, mm -hmm. but, um, I just think that like my mom was a stay at home mom and like, we'd come home to, you know, her being there every day. Like she'd help us be on our stuff, like homework and everything. And then like, you know, with my dad moving out to New York, she had to go, you know, work full time. So I came home, I was the oldest, I was the only one like, you know, in middle school, I came home and I was just like by myself. I was like, what is that? Like, this is weird. You know, like I was just like alone left to myself. Um, we did have like a really good like support system to help us learn things, but I was able to like, I had to mature into like being basically an adult, like an quick. adult, like when I was like 14, yeah. you know? So I, I had to like, you know, go help pick up the kids, you know, get them on everything and kind of like, you know, just help my mom out. Cause she had to worry about go working full time now. Right. So like, that's the least I could do. Right. But, um, Car man, Car like, Carter, what would you say? Um, so the wise 22 year old yeah. self, you know, mature self that you are now, Yeah. what would you, what, if you could say something to your 13 year old self, mm -hmm. um, like today, if you could speak to yourself back then, what would you say? Oh, I would say it's going to be okay. And this is like the biggest, like, um, what's like a good term, like hidden blessing or whatever, like mm -hmm. that you'll ever receive because that event like set me on a course, you know, to be who I am today. And like, I just feel like it made me like learn so much I as a kid. And so like, I would just tell them like, this is going to change your life not in the way you think it is where it's going to be worse but this is going to change your life for the better wow and so like i just know that it set me on a good course you know to be at least i think you know someone that i'm a lot more proud of than i you know could have been what i'm hearing otherwise. you say is you've taken this and you've learned a ton from it oh yeah 100 yeah. you've used it for good biggest blessing hidden blessing you know at the time did not feel like it but absolutely i'm extremely grateful for the experience that's awesome um, okay, for you, Elle, um, how do you look at it now differently than then? Um, I think then I was just a little girl that saw her dad leave. And so I felt a lot of resentment towards him. And I was like, why would he do that to us? Like, why? I just didn't see it as like a personal thing. And now I view it as, okay, dad was hurting in whatever way. Like maybe that's past trauma, maybe you know, like we don't know things that have gone on in his life. He's just hurting. And I think the hard part for me was just learning to support him mm -hmm. in his move, even yep. though it was based off of some 
terrible choices. Right. Um, I think divorce now to me is just like, okay, it's just regrowing like your family. Like I still love my dad. He's an awesome person. And I think it was good for him to, you know, right. Like, yeah. I think, I think just seeing it as not a negative thing. It was, it was I a think, great thing. I think you're, I mean, you're talking about something major here, which is shifting from resentment to compassion. Yeah. And, and you know, is that good for him? Yeah, probably it's good for your relationship, but who it's really good for is you. Yeah. Like I mean, your heart and your healing. Yeah. I was, I was, to be completely honest, I was very self-destructive. It was, it was terrible for me. Um, and like, cause you were stuck there in that, in yes, that anger and yeah, resentment. Yeah. And like, it was just hurting my soul. Like yeah. I had so much anger and hate towards him and I wasn't necessarily taking out on him. It was on me. Right. And so I think the biggest thing, like just realizing, you know, we all have our own, we all have our own crap and we need to deal with it in a way. And that was his way. Right. So I think that was a big deal. Right. For me. It's the same principle. So I talk about betrayal trauma all the time and I talk about getting to a place of compassion for the person who's betrayed you. Yeah. And, you know, the ripple effects of betrayal trauma go far beyond the spouse. And, and we're hearing that today, yeah. L. So um, I think that's awesome getting to that place of acceptance and compassion. Um, and, and understanding. You, you get into a place to understand his story of what led up to him making yeah. decisions that he made. Yeah. When you can see his pain... And, and like, there, there's reasons why you made bad decisions. Yeah. I you know? think just humanizing it is really important yeah. and it's hard. It's, it's hard to get there as a little girl who's it's been insane. hurt. Yeah. yeah. But, um, it's helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Addy, how do you view it differently now? Um, like Carter said, I do think that it was a hidden blessing. Like we're a lot, we're all better. It's been really good for us, but. Isn't that weird to say? Yeah. Like when you really think about it, it's kind of weird, but it's true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you guys are awesome. You guys are strong. Holy cow. Talk about resiliency, Amy. I know. How, you got to teach me how to raise kids like this. Oh I got four that I, I'm struggling with. But <laughs> you did, you're doing something right. Well, so. when I want to say what I would say to my former self 10 years ago, um, part of what was so devastating for Carter is we really put on a mask of being the perfect family. We were the family who had the concert pianist and the, everything was perfect. And lived in a really nice um, neighborhood. Perfect. What I can say the divorce did for us was be able to put down the huge weight of perfectionism Mm -hmm. and being real and being open and honest with what was really happening in our home. Face your shame, deal with it. So that's what I'm the most proud of is watching all of our growth with just being able to be real and vulnerable and um, stepping into it. And that's collective as a family. We've all learned that. And so I'm just super proud of these resilient kids that I get to be their mom. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening um, to, if, if you've been listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to share that with, with somebody, then please share it. Um, even if it's with a kid um, whose parents are going to get divorced or just divorced, um, this could really, really help them. Um, or if it's with a parent who's going to go through a divorce, this could really help them. So 
please share it. Um, I told Carter he'd have a chance to to promote himself. So uh, <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's all it's all good. Just find him on YouTube playing <laughs> the piano, you know, right? Brandon, maybe we can attach. It was it was interesting. I want to just say one thing. Carter, being the piano virtuoso that he is, um, he was playing a piece at the time. It was thir- He was thirteen, and he was playing this Chopin play- piece, and he was very technically always very gifted. But his piano teacher at the time didn't know what was going on. And Carter was playing this piece that maybe we can attach. I don't know. You can put it at your show. Oh, notes. my gosh. A, yeah. A, a recording of him playing it at 13. It was a Chopin piece. And Dr. Hatch said, I don't know what has gotten into Carter, but he is just like the emotion in this yeah. piece. And it was like, okay, we're pain. totally putting that in the so show we'll, notes. We'll, that's how we'll yeah. promote you, Carter. <laughs> that's awesome. And he's going to be taking piano students. So, oh, awesome. Cool. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, okay. And then last thing I want to promote is Amy's awesome Instagram, which is ask Amy anything and ask Amy Andrus anything. Yeah. So, and, and, and Amy, I just got to say you having your kids come, like it's one thing to come share your own story. It's another thing to come have your kids talk to talk about your story so you know you never know what they could have said about you and so talk about vulnerability what a great example uh really appreciate it so you guys please rate and review the show and share it with anybody and uh we'll talk to you next time see you guys